Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. All right, go team Podside. It's me, Carlo. Sound off, uh, other Podsiders. Professor Kurtosis. <laughs> Distributing. And I'm Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to be talking a little bit about the... Uh, I'm going to guess we're going to sort of talk a little bit about Venture Brothers, but also ma- mainly the Venture Brothers movie, which is... <laughs> Oh my God! Why is it so long? Uh, the radiant is the blood of the baboon. If I'm uh, remembering correctly, the heart uh, of the baboon. Uh, radiant is the blood of the heart of the baboon. Something radiant like is the blood of the baboon heart. Oh, uh, there we go. The blood. Okay, there we go. There we go. See, uh, I was missing. See, even then, I was missing something. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so. Uh, I mean, obviously, this this seems like bass backwards, right? We're we're going to talk about the last thing that they've made, mm, yeah, <laughs> without ever talking about the Venture Brothers first. Yes, um, we 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 have been having internal uh, memos going around about doing a Venture Brothers rewatch or something like that. Hey, Chris, did you get the thing I sent you? <laughs> <laughs> it's another Adult Swim. There you go. I'd love to talk about. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, like honestly, I think we've talked a little bit about like you know the the impact uh, uh, that that Venture Brothers as a series has had over uh, us um, on occasion, mm-hmm. um, and like this is it feels like a, a nice little bow on top with a lot of little. Um, I was going to say references, but they don't really feel like the way that movies do references these days anyway right or or do they i don't know it's it's more in the way of i mean they do a good job of like weaving them in without it seeming like utter fan service even though it's clearly utter fan service but also winking at you that that it's utter fan service well that happened yeah yeah exactly (laughs) luckily they do avoid that kind of thing but i think it's just because of the you know increasingly like byzantine relationships between everybody that like you go you almost have to bring back everybody else just to Mm -hmm. like kind of like you know end off their stories uh even if it's not final which i think i want to talk about a little bit later Oh, well, sure. uh, yeah, the reference question or the fan service question is is interesting. On the reference front, I think that Venture Brothers is a show that its references range from the fairly obvious to the unbelievably obscure mm. um, to the point that, you know, this is one of those shows where I think it, it, it's, it's so dense and so specific to you know, the the two creators of the show and their personal interests that, like, 
you just kind of have to accept that you're not going to 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 get everything, mm-hmm. and that that's not really the point. The you know they're they're just kind of having fun with it, and so it kind of becomes like a pop culture bricolage because mm-hmm. there isn't very much that just isn't a reference to anything in some way, and so the references kind of become besides the point in much the mm-hmm. same way that. You know, all of these words that we're saying here on the podcast have an etymology to them. Mm. And you could understand and look up those etymology and go, oh, this has, you know, old French roots. And, oh, this is, you know, uh, you know, this is this is a Latin root. And and that's where this came from. And it gets to the point where I, I think Venture Brothers essentially uses um, – pop culture as a language unto itself to the mm. point that the references themselves no longer matter. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you're to your point, Kurt, that it it's yes. I, I think that part of it is the wide ranging um, and it's not simply like, Oh, they just like star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. You know, like it's, it's like they have David Bowie and and like if you don't know who uh you know, like you don't know anything about like uh that era of of like I guess it would be what, New Wave? Yeah. Uh you know, Iggy Pop Duke and, era. Yeah, and and, and they, they even had uh was it Klaus no, Nomi mm-hmm. uh as, yeah. as as someone on in, in the show as well. He he's and, he's just Klaus Nomi. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Klaus Nomi was strange enough by himself that he could be right. <laughs> like, you know, a, a supervillain in this show. You know, that's the whole point. Uh, but yeah, like from that to like music, to art, to this, to that, it, it's just a bunch of stuff. And and I think it's, to, you know, what you were saying, Kurt, is that it's so idiosyncratic to the creators and what they're interested in that the references actually become not a thing to for the creators to sort of stand us by your side and point but in fact they're actually trying to communicate with you to sort of put you in this weird mind space where it's a combination of, you know, like Venture Brothers is a combination of like Doc Savage type uh, super science uh, men, you know, uh, astride the globe. Uh, <laughs> James Bond, silver, golden, and even you know, modern age superheroes. Uh, just a bunch of shit. It's, it's mm-hmm. and, and I say shit, but it's, it's honestly like it's all interesting. Yeah. Well, because it's and it's kind of I think in that vein of like it's almost being like biographical for them because mm-hmm. it's like, uh, you know, it's them dealing with not only like their their pop culture and like diets of the time and how it's all mishmashed together, like the high and the low and the the, you know, the music, the movies, every just everything mashed together. Uh, and then like in seeps. It, it, you know, in through the cracks seeps the real life stuff that they're dealing with or, or processing like, you know, abandoned, you know, <laughs> absent fathers and, uh, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> and it's all just, but it's all treated. Uh, the difference is it's not that story with the pop culture <laughs> as like sprinkles on top. It's like the pop culture is like woven into the fabric. Mm-hmm. And, and 
it also is recombined over and over again to an extent that nothing, almost nothing is, even if something begins as a specific reference to one thing, it almost certainly doesn't, doesn't remain that way. Mm. So for instance, um, the character Red Death, you know, what he's, he's an aging, but still terrifying supervillain from the mm-hmm. Guild of Calamitous Intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most obvious level, well, he's a reference to, uh, you know, the Mask of the Red Death, the Edgar mm-hmm. Allan Poe story. Okay, that's straightforward enough. But, um, you know, in a flashback, we also see him dressed like Ghost Rider, you know, and he's got like a ghost <laughs> skull. At one point, he's looking in the mirror and uh, and says, it's showtime to himself, <laughs> which is like a mask re- you know, reference. Um, you know, his his outfit, he, he, he's, al- he's also got elements of the Marvel character Red Skull. You, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's yeah. like, it's just a bunch of different things where it's like, oh, we can kind of mash all these together. Or sometimes they'll just take someone who is a complete joke uh, and, you know, build them up into this whole complicated character. Like mm-hmm. Phantom Limb mm-hmm. is essentially like Phantomas plus a silly pun, right? <laughs> um, and and then they build them up with this multi-series arc and include all these other weird you know these weird specific references it's just it's just so mm-hmm. strange like and mm-hmm. to the point that yeah it 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 all becomes impossible you know it's like to to treat as 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 any one thing so. well and 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 also uh to, to your to your point about phantom limb he also like changes his name right like right. like part of part of this is i think that the the show initially became um Sort of like I forget who came up with it, and and it it was resonant at the time, but it then grew out of that the the whole idea that oh its major theme is failure, and it's like mm-hmm. okay sure yeah, but but mm-hmm. then it sort of that that's the thing that much like a lot of these characters who go through these you know identity shifts and and you know move through and they're not the same. Uh, character throughout. That's mm-hmm. that's the key. That's the key is that mm-hmm. they're willing to let concepts die. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is very different because, like, although you know, at a certain level, they do tend to eventually reset to something like a status quo. There's significantly different iterations of the status quo throughout, and and you know, in in this final, uh, a final question mark. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Like the thing ending question mark, mm-hmm. um, uh, or is it the blob? I, Flat Flash I Gordon. Yeah, exactly. The end question yeah. <laughs> mark. Um, Marty, it's about your kids. But <laughs> they didn't grow up to be assholes, did they? <laughs> <laughs> we we get to see um, like side by side the modern version, the contemporary versions of these characters with the way that they started, you know, 20 years ago when the mm-hmm. show first came on the air. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and it really struck me like, wow, like they actually, like they grew up the characters. They they aged them, perhaps not in quite real time, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're different. They grew up, you know, things are, things, things have changed. People have died and stayed dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was also like one of the things I think that um, that was really interesting to me was like, so, you know, I think we've we've talked about this before and I've mentioned it before, I'm sure. 
that the first season, you know, just is basically this this sort of like it hadn't really found its feet mm-hmm. yet, right? Yeah. Or at, yeah. at, le- at the very least, they were taking suggestions else from elsewhere, or they weren't sure of what they were doing. So it comes off as like, oh, this is sort of like a Johnny Quest uh, sort of like parody. Uh, and and uh, yeah, to their credit, they 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 try to puncture that by introducing Johnny Quest as a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, himself. <laughs> a, a big, str- like a strung out yes. Johnny Quest. <laughs> yeah. and, and then we see him like, like uh, go through recovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's go, he's going he's going to, to group therapy. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to trying to get better. Um, I love I love by the way the 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 episode that we see with like the extremely fucked up weird Hardy Boys. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very disturbing. <laughs> or or I have to say my favorite weird like Saturday morning cartoon type combination is it, is, is it the um, Scooby Doo? Is Scooby Doo specifically mm. uh, Velma being like Valerie Solana? <laughs> yes. Well, they're all yeah, they're all like and, Manson and Fre- family. Fred Fred is Fred is uh Fred is Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Shaggy ends up being son of Sam. Uh, I forget. Did they have Vel- Velma? Daphne Wait, what? is um, what's her name? It's uh, uh, yeah, Hurst, uh, Patty Hurst. Yes, thank you. Yes, Patty Hurst. Yes, and yeah, then of it, course Scooby yeah. is the dog from yes. Son of Sam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, the, the dog who spoke to Berkowitz. <laughs> yeah, you, you must avenge them. <laughs> Go forth. You are the sword of Michael. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ, also, what like, the fuck? They, I think they also lend them a, a Manson family like look and vibe, too. Like, yeah. Because they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is because, and that makes sense because those cartoons, like it's a commentary on like, it's the 60s pop culture that it is spoofing uh, was during, you know, like itself kind of like biting on that the whole hippie culture and commodifying it into these like cheap ass cartoons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it like positioning them, uh, the you know, this pseudo um, Scooby-Doo gang as like Manson family show, like compares it back to like the reality of the, what was going on in the late 60s. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I also like that that's the episode that we find out clones and they're yes. horrified by that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like all these hardened criminals and killers are like, I'm freaked <laughs> out. Well, that's that's when they, that's when they find find the clones. Um, mm-hmm. You find out that they're clones in the beginning in the first episode of season two, because they die, yeah. They, yeah. they kill them at the end of mm, season yeah. one. Yeah. 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 That's, that, that, in, in a, in an easy writer reference too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and so Carlo, uh, to back to your, um, yeah, season one is rough and, and you're just definitely like, it's more sketchy, sketchy than it later becomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think even like recently I've uh, heard Doc and Jackson public, uh, the, the creators uh, kind of also saying along those lines of like, you know, forgive us for the first season. Um, I, it's, I disagree like, with them. I think I, they're being too hard. I think that they're being too hard on themselves, I, but I understand why. Yes. And, and, and I agree. Like, I, I think there are still some very, very funny uh, and mm-hmm. good episodes in in that first season, but um, yeah, it it takes a little the tone panning. Is different. Yeah, you, yeah, you gotta you gotta pan a little bit for that gold. I think they really hit their stride in season two, mm-hmm. and once season two ended, which uh, to to your to your earlier point, Kurt, where they they then dispense completely, like there's no more clones. <laughs> yeah, these are these are these are the only Dean and Hanks 
that we're ever going to see. Yeah. This is it. And and I mean that's a I mean on the one hand it's it's hilarious and horrifying that they just send these half baked clones out there. Yes, I to, love to just I love die and mass. Yes. Um and 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 on the other hand it's it's really really canny because it then ramps up the dra- the, the the dramatic tension because mm-hmm. these are the only two left and if they that's die it. this that's the end of the show man mm-hmm. yeah the the um that that was that was all um from the at the prom special right no that's season four season, four. Uh, season oh. two is uh i believe they're they're under assault by osi and mm. they, they just decide to to just release all the clones <laughs> they just sort of like all these like these clones that look like basically they've been molded out of bubble gum you know, like yeah. chewed mm. bubble gum clones yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I marching think, out to die i think when the clones get destroyed it is it is later um, because the last episode of season two is is uh, the marriage of of the monarch and uh, uh, Doctor Girlfriend slash Doctor Mrs. the Monarch. Mm. Um, there is some clone stuff in that one, but I think that Chris is right. It's it's later when they do the army of clones. I think you're right that it is OSI uh, attacking. I think. Because I think that that's when OSI is fighting Sphinx. Sphinx. No. <laughs> There's another, so much fucking shit. Another, in this show. I mean, <laughs> that that's the thing. That's the other thing, right? Because then Sphinx is supposed to be like both Cobra, but also uh, also GI Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At yes. the same time, uh, uh, and also they they had their one of their like standout just chef's kiss characters <laughs> comes from the 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 Sphinx, right? Uh, is it wait is is it Shore Leave? Shore Leave, yes. Okay. It, the thing is, I think- And Holy he, Diver, who later, <laughs> who's later revealed to not even be gay. Yeah. <laughs> and Shore Leave is like really put off by it, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So we should probably talk a little bit about the, about the movie, because I think mm. we've done a little, a little bit of a primer here, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like-, like uh, I'll. I will say that I have yet to see the last. I think it's the last two, like season six and seven. Oh, then I, I don't I, even. Then did you even know what the fuck was going yeah, on? Yeah, really. Yes, I picked. <laughs> I I picked up on it. Okay. okay. I mean, there, there were there were there were there was enough there. Let's put it yeah. that way. So I, I, and, I just and, wanna... and honestly, I think that's to their credit. They they mm-hmm. didn't just make it right yeah, completely yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, dependent on you having watched. You know everything, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I I thought this just to get this out there in the beginning. I I thought this movie was fantastic. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, Zero uh, notes. Yeah. Perfect. I, and it, I think it just solidifies that every season was better than the the first, mm-hmm. like the one preceding it, and they just yeah. just like exponential growth over every season. Uh, they just got so much. I- command over tone and like the, their humor their characters uh and not only that usually in animation the the actual animation gets shittier and shittier as the years go on but somehow these guys are able to eke out of whatever korean studio they send this stuff to this gorgeous like gorgeous backgrounds stunningly animated stuff like it's Incredibly really really nice detailed yes mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. to to the point that like you know, there's there's characters that appear in the background of a season one episode that appear again in season five, you know, and it's visible. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's that, you know, it's that it's guy. That guy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Apparently, I I didn't catch this, but apparently Crimadial actually appeared oh, uh, in I this in, in, in this movie. Um, the other thing, to the point about the mastery of tone, I think they also have kind of mastered TV because, <laughs> to my mind, there are three, at least three, different episodes or things that could have served. Perfectly adequately as a mm. series finale. There's this. There's um, all that and Gargantua two, yes. which is the like the hour long special with um, where uh, JJ um, d- dies. Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. Um, and a bunch of other stuff happens. Uh, and then That's there's, the there's where, Operation um, Prom, which we mentioned earlier. That was yes. uh, all this in Gargantua Two was the one where the the dark Fantastic Four. <laughs> yes, yes, correct. Yes, yes, and um, I believe that I think that that's also the one that ends with um, I forget his name, the general like launching himself into oh, yeah, space yeah. Gen- general with Ross. like a note pinned to his chest that says like like fix my heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And well, then it, I think it, he does come back to it. Yeah, he, he, like, be, he becomes a, yeah, he becomes a Red Hulk because <laughs> he, right. he's a he's that's a reference right. to that. he's a reference to Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's it's I'm saying I'm saying like I was like sitting there like agog at just like how many fucking layers everyone is a mm. reference. <laughs> no, he's he's not the same general who. Um, appears at the end of one episode to say, you can read all about it in the Bible, is he? I think that's a different general. <laughs> but that's that's my single favorite moment uh, of the entire series is when, I, I think it's an episode where Dr. Venture is trying to fake that some of his inventions work for the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. And, because- and there's like a really weird, like very conservative general. And then at the yes. end of, yeah, at the end of the episode, his face appears in the stars and goes, you can read more about it in the Bible. <laughs> yes. the so- that, that's, that, that was, uh, don't forget, he is General Man Hours. That's right, General Man Hours. <laughs> general Man Hours. <laughs> Just beautiful. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. So so here we 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 start with uh, the, the there's a a, <laughs> a dawn raid, which uh, you know I, I gotta I gotta say Rusty's got a point. Why can't why can't it be like a why does it always raid. have to be a dawn raid? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so could could we do like a midday, maybe a brunch raid, um, to find uh, what what we begin to realize uh, as the scene progresses is uh, Hank has has gone missing. Yeah. So th- this actually follows immediately after the end of what is it season seven i guess it is where mm-hmm. um yeah i forget how hank winds up in a coma but he's he's in a coma he he mentioned he he makes a reference to coma town um <laughs> which is his name for the space beyond that he briefly inhabits while he's in the coma where he's mm-hmm. able to commune with other people in comas, including the action man. Um, and there's a brief flashback to him and the action man who is dressed. When you, like when you lay it out like that, yeah. <laughs> like you kind of like, it's just intuitive. Like you don't really like think about that, all those layers. And then now you're like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. on, on a different level than I was expecting. Um, but, but uh, the the action man's avatar—I don't know what you want to call it—gave um, g- Hank 
the name of who the action man believes to be his mom, which is Bobby St. Simone. He's an act. She's an actress. He, he says, um, but, but Hank has found out that Dean, um, that, that Hank's girlfriend cheated on him with, with Dean. Um, and, and so Hank and Dean have drifted apart. And when Hank comes out of his coma, he runs away from, uh, from the hospital. And um, puts on his Batman mask and disappears into the crowd yeah. again, m- much like the you know a, a kind of like an oblique reference to the ending of um, Jason uh, Bourne, wasn't it? Well, the Nolan. Uh, oh yes, the yeah, third yeah, Nolan yeah, yeah. Film, yes, because the thing you have to understand about Hank Venture is he's obsessed with Batman. <laughs> yes, so so much so that he has an old like mask. <laughs> yeah, one of those the old ones, like the yeah. Ones, yeah, like the the plastic molded <laughs> I love, ones. I love that that he because the first time you see it, I forget what it's from. It's in like season two, I think, and yeah. he keeps. Um, he keeps cutting his tongue on the <laughs> yes. mouth slit, and he goes, yes. I keep cutting it's- my tongue on the slit. It's maddening." <laughs> and then, and then he 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 mentions that again in this, but I think it's like the eye holes he gets like snow in. <laughs> that's right that's right because he's he's in the he's in the coma town and uh his other like all his alter egos that yes. he's sort of accumulated he's got like the italian the, the italian uh ladies man hey my, he's got my like favorite a, is uh russian gaevich <laughs> yes <laughs> is i think i think he mentions him once in the entire series <laughs> russian gaevich He's great. Uh, <laughs> Hank, Hank is like I, I love the character of Hank um, because he's just like uh, he's like the purest form of teen male there there is. <laughs> where he's like, you know, he's vaguely aware that girls exist, but he's like just way more interested in his own like deep <laughs> inner life, and he's just but he, and he's very you know relatively benign. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, he's just so he's like, he's not like, he's naive, but not, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's, he's naive, but not a total, you know, buffoon. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time expressing. He, I would say he kind of, he's kind of about 15 degrees off from reality, Mm. but he is, he is lucid. Like he's not, he's not stupid and he's not quite doing a bit. Yeah. Um. But like, he's committed to being himself, and he actually is quite good at being himself. You know, like he actually is able to, you know, escape and travel across the country incognito. Like, <laughs> like, it, kind of the joke of it is that Dean seems to be much smarter than Hank, but Hank is, is in practice, is much more capable. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Dean is much closer to his father with all of his weird neuroses. Yes, mm. yes, he's 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 got what 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 a a, a another uh, age would would call a nervous disposition. Yes, <laughs> let's just say, <laughs> let's just say. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I I agree. Like like Hank is definitely like the more robust of them. Like he. he I don't think that he's more capable per se, but he's able to roll with the punches mm-hmm. of like, like if he fucks up something or doesn't know something, he, he, he'd easily just like bounce back from it. And Dean would just like, sh- just cower and like, just shrink into a shriveling 
a, a shivering pile and and talk talk about how he's a failure or some shit like that. And it's like, get over yourself, kid. I love I love in that first scene, uh, or I guess it's it's shortly after it. He he says OSI more like Office of Stupid Idiots. <laughs> this is a very this is a very Dean sort of thing. Like like he's got anger, but he doesn't know how to be angry effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So I also found it pretty interesting that there's like there's a good gag with with Dean after the one the the one thing. But he uh, he doesn't have a ton to do in this movie. Right. And I think that's probably because I I feel like his story is wrapped up pretty well already where he's just like, yep, I'm just kind of just following my father's footsteps. I'm going to be just a little bit more competent, maybe. Uh, And. You know, he's just kind of already resigned himself to that fact. He doesn't seem entirely happy about it, but he's also it's not I don't think he seems to be too overly depressed about it. I mean, no. And I, well, because I mean, he's he's going to college, you know, mm-hmm. he 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 doesn't quite seem to know what he wants to do, but he wants to do something. You know, he's he's kind of I would almost say he's kind of broken out uh, like he, he is similar to his father, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have any interest in you know, the guild, he doesn't have mm. any interest in being, you know, a hero uh, and, and doing this, th- this whole bullshit, you know, he mm-hmm. seems to just like want to go to college like, yeah. somewhat, somewhat normal as, yeah. as, as normal as he can be. He doesn't. And um, that said, he is, he is perfectly happy to travel around the country with uh, professor Byron Orpheus and uh, <laughs> uh, Jefferson Twilight. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I am pretty sure that uh, at the very least, one of my early favorites was always Doctor Byron Orpheus. Mm-hmm. He's he is the uh, he is so good that not only is he a funny character, like as a joke, like not only is he a terrific satire of Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. he is better than any actual on-screen adaptation of Doctor Strange. <laughs> he <laughs> is. Like, he is. I can't deal with the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch does not talk like this the whole time. <laughs> it's all quite humdrum. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Instead, Benedict Cumberbatch was doing the "Hello, I am American." <laughs> yeah, he's doing the Doctor House accent. That, yeah, that, that all, all all upper class British people too. <laughs> yeah, he, he he. I guess he got he got on the phone with uh, with Lowry and yeah. he's like, "Yeah, you got to do this accent." See, I was born in Chicago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I I I also just find it hilarious that uh, he is he is like you say he is a master of the necromantic arts. But uh, his original um, his original degree was was it women's studies? <laughs> I uh, yes that that because yes he's he's in college with um with. Uh, Doctor Venture and the yeah, Monarch, with, I believe, with the Monarch and Underbite yeah. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> Baron Underbite. Underbite. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he does unfortunately he, he, does he not says, show up in this movie. However, sadly, sadly, I, I, I thought it was him coming up when they're in the um, when the Monarch and uh, Twenty Four are in the uh, subway tunnel and there's this like rumbling <laughs> tank showing up. I was like, oh, my oh God. yes, Underbite's yes. back. <laughs> that whole okay, I I I will. I'll give a little peek behind the curtain and say the first time I watched this, I was very, very high and I was losing my fucking mind during that sequence. <laughs> um, because so so the plot really kicks off in in earnest uh, 
um, with the arrival of the character Mantilla, mm-hmm. um, who is she's visually very similar to um, Dagger is it- of of the of the pair Cloak and Dagger. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. I was gonna. Um, go, I was also gonna go with uh, Dove from Hawk and Dove. Do- yeah, Dove, and I would say also maybe like Dazzler, like to an yeah. extent. When, when um, she's wearing when she's wearing the domino mask, it definitely gave me these Dazzler vibes. I was yes, like, oh, that's yes. Dazzler. Um, so she is she is both uh, the monarch's ex who he dated in college before he met uh, Doctor Girlfriend, um, and uh, who I believe at the time was God. What was her name? Like Lady. I, oh I, shit! Yeah, she, yeah. When she yeah. was with uh, Trucules or whatever. No, she was with Phantom Limb. Mm-hmm. Um, she yeah she she had that that weird kind of like gauzy outfit anyway um mm-hmm. so uh mantilla shows up and she is both uh the monarch's ex and also affiliated with this this kind of like we work type startup <laughs> yes, called yes. Arch. I, I was i was yeah i was dying because it's it's exactly we work but for yeah. but for henchmen <laughs> they they appified the guild Yes, I love that they they even have like a co working space where like all of their what do they call them acolytes? They're all yeah. just like sitting yeah. around like like working on laptops <laughs> in, in, in an open space. Yes, an open floor. Yeah, yeah. An open floor plan. Yeah. Pre- um, presumably cereal bar just off screen. It's, <laughs> it's it's interesting how yeah the cereal bar yeah um it's interesting how the guild has shifted over the course of the series without it ever really being addressed mm. they've gone from being like all powerful to being a joke because mm-hmm. there's a really telling line where um so the character brick frog brick frog <laughs> who uh, a- again showed up for the first time in like season two if not s- season one um does this this attack on a, like a super science factory in a giant hover tank that is exactly the same as uh, Mantilla's uh, hu- hover tank. Um, and in the aftermath, uh, both the guild and OSI show up and um, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch says like, it wasn't us. And Brock Sampson says something of, like to the effect of, yeah, we kind of f- figured that when there wasn't like a big boxing glove on the end of a rusty spring or something. <laughs> like, like at, at some point, the guild has become like kind of like corny. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like a joke, which which is really enjoyable and also makes sense because like I forget what season it was um, where the sovereign dies. But mm, like yeah. ever since then, they kind of have just become like more and more absurd. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they kind of have turned into this institution that was taken very seriously. And now is just kind of like, well, they're kind of old fashioned and silly and stupid at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch has become like one of the newest <laughs> of the council, the council of 13, uh, mm-hmm. all loyal to the council of 13. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because she's tellingly, she's not the sovereign and there isn't a sovereign, mm-hmm. um, at, at this time, it, it would seem like there there's like phantom limb, I believe wanted to become the sovereign for a while. And then just just kind of dropped it. Um, and yeah. he's he's kind of you know he's around, but he doesn't seem to want 
to want power. He just wants to be a dickhead, like when we first meet him. Um, and and so it's this it's this weird kind of like holding down the fort, but not really having anything to do. It's it's kind of like Apple after Steve Jobs died, where it's like, well, they're yes. still big, but like nobody yeah. really seems to know what the point is anymore. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, to, to me, it just kind of feels like, uh, you know, this might be putting too much on a cartoon show, but, you know, like, uh, you know, American, uh, just like American institutions in general yeah. of like yeah, where yeah. it's just like it, once upon a time, they might have been taken seriously. But like now that we have newer generations who are just trying to keep it going and it's just just not the same. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it's – think of it this way. You know, it, it's funny because uh, to to the earlier point about the letting concepts die, mm. um, this is how this is how you, you, you sort of build up to that, right? Like this mm-hmm. idea that um, – like, like imagine if Marvel had like had concert, done a concerted effort, you know uh, – made a concerted concerted effort to slowly you know make shield uh, a joke <laughs> yeah exactly and, and then you know like like the new one is now sword and you're like okay <laughs> well and uh, honestly even even OSI has kind of gone through this where like there was a point where like we were saying before like we see that OSI used to be GI Joe and now they're like the CIA basically mm-hmm. and they just kind of seem to mostly do regular stuff whereas you know at like earlier in the series they were doing all sorts of wacky goofy shit and there <laughs> is I, I i think there's a sense that like as the show has matured you get more and more of a sense that n- nobody else really likes this whole bullshit with like the guild and osi either because like Mm -hmm. like early on it feels like something that defines the world you know Mm -hmm. that is like this big important thing and now it's kind of like encountering like civil war reenactors we're like these fucking guys like right well i mean i I also think that it's it's telling (laughs) apart from from the, the 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 sort of ribbing right they're both working together and and it seems that they've sort of uh blended together into this weird um, uh, sort of almost bipartisan uh, sort of like two different entities that now have become sort of like this bipartisan control over things. And that's why, you know, like when Arch comes up, there is that space, right? There is a little bit of space to then, uh, you know, oh, you, you, oh, guess what? You know, uh, you, you hate that paying those fucking calamitous intent douchebags up there, right? All that red tape. You can't even fight the guy you want to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, I got a solution for you. It's called Arch. We're going to mm-hmm. fucking disrupt, <laughs> you know, like a villain is super villainy, you know, and, and that's the, that's the in, right? Because between OSI and the guild, the guild, you know, it seems like they've got things cinched. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's, it really does feel like the next logical evolution of, of that whole, you know, institutional, uh, you know, realm. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then of course it, it's, you know, j- maybe jumping ahead, but of course it's, it's revealed that the, that the, the, the tech version is also just as hollow and as, you know, <laughs> yes, as every much other more one. so. In yes, fact. exactly. <laughs> I, I also loved that um, the big thing that uh, Rusty was going to present is basically 
an Alexa that looks like Helper's head. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Helper was so pissed about it. <laughs> yes. I'd be pissed. I'm an aging, uh, you know, like, robot. <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's interesting how the finances of the Venture family ha- have seemed to kind of, like, fluctuate and be, like, very ambiguous because like Mm. in this in this one they're talking about like the company potentially going bankrupt Mm -hmm. and at various times there's been references to like well they landed a big like government contract or you know at one point they actually had like you know like a full functioning factory at the venture compound Mm -hmm. um and it definitely seems like right now they they are kind of at at a nadir uh, for the organization and talking about how, like, like if, if our weird, you know, helper Alexa doesn't, doesn't take off, like it might be, you know, might be time to, to, to wrap up shop. Although they do still own a skyscraper. So <laughs> some have, they have some funds. It must be. Well, that's why I always thought they, after, um, J the J Jonah venture, uh, dies, uh, he, I've always considered like they kind of figured out, their money situation and then it was just kind of a matter of like keeping docs like pride going by having by selling <laughs> right. something <laughs> um so let's see here so um as they begin to investigate uh this attack by brick frog on um i forget the name of the scientist it, yeah, it's funny because right they they initially set it up as if it's going to be untangling this big plot and then they mm. don't do it because they make mm. this point about like, oh, it's this, it's this factory that's been researching indestructible, mate- you know, uh, building materials. And it seems like the only reason that they had that is so that Brock could joke about them not having built the factory out of the indestructible building <laughs> materials. Um, well, I mean, but but honestly, like Brock's wrong here. Why would you do that if you could sell it? That's right, <laughs> of course. Uh, and so um, they begin investigating like, well, where did Brickfrog get his resources? And what winds up happening is they discover falsified evidence that Dr. Mrs. The Monarch is behind Arch um, and has been poaching um, arches from the guild. Uh, and so she's declared a traitor um, and basically given a chance. Basically, she's she's cornered by Red Death, Brock Sampson, and Shore Leave, and then is is told like, in a scene reminiscent of a minority report that you know mm-hmm. that that she has to run, yeah. Um, and uh, and and so while, and then while that's going on, uh, the monarch has become frustrated at basically being still still even though he's a level ten, he's still kind of seen as a joke. He isn't allowed to arch Doctor Venture because they may be related, and and so there's some kind of like specific restrictions. Like they have to determine like are they related because then they're a specific kind of of hero villain relationship. <laughs> um, and so he he doesn't quit, but he signs up with Arch, um, and launches an assault on the Venture compound. And then meanwhile, uh, Dean goes to the Order of the Triad, who are now living out of essentially Doctor Strange's uh, <laughs> Greenwich Village apartment. Except I think it's actually like an old it's, synagogue. It's like com- yeah, it's like a converted synagogue. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and amazing. And asks, uh, uh, oh, and not, don't forget that uh, possibly because it was a converted synagogue, there is a pants golem. Yes, a pants golem. Um, and I love the part 
where um uh oh gosh what's his name um the Jefferson alchemist Twilight? Oh, the alchemist, the alchemist yeah. go, go, goes what is a shem which i believe is the name of the the piece of paper with um like I, I think it was a prayer written on it that would be put inside of the golem to make it to make it come to life mm, okay um, and so th- that's why at the end he says like w- we found the off switch and he's holding a sock because the sock has the <laughs> prayer written on it that's what mm. animates the pants go <laughs> well, th- and that becomes uh, a, a, a somewhat important uh, development later on, right? It's so uh, funny. We also get to see the blood vessel, Jefferson Twilight's um, extremely sick car. <laughs> Which is just essentially the like a tricked vessel, out hearse. Yeah. It's yeah. a tricked out hearse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I-, I, love, I love that the cross on the front like a caddy of the grill- hearse, I think. Uh, the, the the cross at the front of the grill is a, a sort of like a, a like a Michaeline cross, except that the top part is like a a black power fist. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I also, so good. <laughs> I love that it has holy water in the windshield. In the windshield wipers, wipers. Spray, <laughs> and it also has like a trap coffin that is actually a tanning bed yes. <laughs> in the back yes. to incinerate vampire. Yeah, it's that so rule. Jefferson Twilight is definitely. Uh, he's he's definitely top top five characters. <laughs> oh me, that, no, that he's great. That doesn't sound like a very high ranking, but it actually is because <laughs> the show so has good. like a two hundred character. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there there was a poster I remember that they put out or like an image to promote one of the right before one of the seasons. It was the first season. It was the season that Doctor Dugong first showed up. <laughs> Doctor Dugong. Yeah, because uh, they but they had like it was just this like image of like just every character that appeared that season and it was like it was Im- immense it was it was so cool to see how all, all them all together like that but yeah a million characters i okay, I love you that say Twilight specifically only hunts black vampires which yes calls blackulas well, blackulas uh-huh. <laughs> yes and then, well and then we have a, a good uh a really awesome scene where we see him because he's kind of always like He's he's always been there and he's always been great, but we've never actually seen him doing his thing really. And they gave it to us finally. Yes. <laughs> this you, this was a total fan service moment, but it was it it was well. Definitely... It's it's also like uh, he he's accosted by basically <laughs> yes all Wesley the Wesley cla- Snipes and yes. all of the New Jack City gang. Yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> as well, vampires. And, but it, it's not only that though. It's black. It's blackulas like throughout history, like Eddie Murphy True. from uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, you're yes. right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's real. It's it's terrific. We we actually have seen him fight Blackula's once before. Um, mm-hmm. He's fighting, I think, a Haitian vampire when he's very first introduced. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, because that's that's when he memorably says something like, "But I get the teeth," <laughs> because he has a <laughs> necklace of uh, vampire yes. teeth. <laughs> yeah, he, he's great. He's great. Uh, and he's uh, he's <laughs> his only addiction isn't isn't like Blade to uh, Vampire Blood. It's nickel nips, nickel nips. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, anyway, so um, so yeah, uh, so the monarch breaks into uh, what, what is the 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 skyscraper, the venture skyscraper called again? Is it Vin- venture Ventec? Ventec, that's it. Yeah, it's 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 obviously it's it's a reference to the Four Freedoms uh, Plaza 
uh, slash the Baxter building, I, th- I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Although that also exists in the Venture yes. Brothers. Well, because they're, they're uh, the, the the Impossibles. Yes, the Impossibles. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Which which has a terrific sight gag where earlier we see Brick Frog shoot. Um, a laser in the shape of his brick frog head logo, which is like a big circle with like like the frog eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, like mouse mouse, but like uh, his his head, but like a frog. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and but uh, so when the monarch and twenty one get the tank, um, it also shoots their logo, but their logo is like very stylized and isn't mm-hmm. and doesn't actually have like a big circle that. That that uh, they can they fly can have through, it so they easy, have to like, yeah. wiggle through. <laughs> <laughs> they have to do it, yeah. Like they have to get out of the tank and go in. <laughs> yes, and they, they are immediately ditched <laughs> by the rest of their crew. Yep, yep. <laughs> they, they they had their own Order sixty six happen to them. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they get trapped inside and uh, and uh, of the Ventec building. Uh, at the exact moment that I, I forget, how did how did the was was this a a thing that Mantilla did to activate all the helpers? Yes, she uses. So it's not. I don't believe it's spelled out directly, but there is a bug with the the helper um, Alexas that when they play music, it creates an 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 anti gravity field. And Mantilla earlier in the episode hacked 21's phone and makes fun ah. of him for his very specific porn collection. Um, and she uses his phone to open Spotify and begin playing. Um, God, what what's what what fucking song is? Oh that? God, yeah. Um, I wanted to say Technotronic, but it's not. It's like a Take Two. Is that it? Yeah, I think it's it takes, take two. It takes two to make a thing go right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's exactly it. Add, yes, yes. Um, which <laughs> which activates all of the helper Alexas, <laughs> which rate which float up in the air and rip the building out of the ground and begin floating it uh, towards the moon. Um, <laughs> they later specify uh, uh, that that scene. I think uh, is perfect. It, it's a really it great. It, it's them really firing on all cylinders where it's the art looks fantastic. It's really funny writing. It's really clever writing. Uh, the animation of the, like the building going, like going through the atmosphere and everything was just so good. It, it's just everything. Oh, the voice acting, everything comes together. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's, it's true. And like, it's, it's also just like an engage. This is one of the things I've always loved about the venture brothers is that they actually can do like legitimate, like action storytelling. That's like mm-hmm. just good in and of itself. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. Um, which, which not a lot of shows can, can do. I would say another show that does that fairly well is death as, um, uh, metalocalypse, um, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. which actually gets a passing reference. Um, I believe that, uh, Dermot, who we haven't mentioned yet, um, has a uh, death clock poster uh-huh. in, in his I weird little. Like, I thought, uh, yeah, I he, thought I saw something that he like lives that. In. Yeah, <laughs> Dermot Fichtel Dermot. <laughs> who is not a character that I liked at first. Um, Dermot and uh, so there's there's those middle seasons that I struggled with the first time because Brock kind of like goes away mm. and he was always my favorite character, um, and they kind of replace him with uh, Sergeant Hatred. Oh um, yes, who yeah. I really disliked at first. I mm-hmm. might feel differently now, um, 
but I felt like he was a bit much uh, at first because they, they don't really bring it up anymore. But his original his original character was that he was like a pedophile who received like special shots yeah. um, to like chemically castrate him so that he wouldn't act on his pedophilic uh, urges. But I believe it doesn't it like give him breasts Yes. Originally? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. They they dropped that after like <laughs> one season, Poss- yeah. probably wisely, because it was a little bit mm-hmm. too dark, I would say. For the yeah. 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 And I, I think they I think they would probably wish they d- would not have done any of that stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I think that they're they when this you know, those first seasons came out, they were still like on that, you know, edgy. This is mm. this ain't your this ain't your Papa's MCU, you know, mm. or whatever. Uh, so, so I, I, I see where they were coming from at the time, but even at the time, it was like mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, sort of weird. I didn't mind that. I just didn't think it was it was worth the payoff. Like, mm, fair it enough. Just, yeah. It just wasn't funny enough. Like it was. Mm. Sergeant Hatred was originally kind of like a one note joke character, whose whole thing is just talking like this all the time, and it yeah. wasn't it. It wasn't as charming or funny, and eventually, like as he becomes more vulnerable and less of a joke, like like the character worked a lot more. He still is basically one of one of the handful of like I would say more or less purely comic relief mm-hmm. uh, characters. Um, yeah, in the show. Yeah, so, well, I mean, he's 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 almost like a foil. Uh, like like not a foil to Brock Samson, but he is like Brock Samson's like lesser like a lesser brock samson like he's in the role but he's just not effective uh and i think that the the thinking behind that um you know like making him like a joke character that's sort of he's trying his best but he's not very good at much of anything Mm -hmm. uh Mm-hmm. Like like uh, the 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 security aspect of it, he's not very good at it, and and so that uh, I think wisely allows them to grow, you know, like the venture characters, right? The, yeah. the family, uh, make them more like have them sort of like it's, develop more, and and they have to now depend on themselves much more. It's often. really a show about found family. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, you're not wrong. It's what they're told at the end. Remember? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though, is that any any show where like a group of people become friends and spend time with each other is arguably about found family. It's just yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, oh, are there more than two people? Uh, that's a found family, baby. There you go. You got a found family going. You can't just call everything found family. Yeah. <laughs> Points at a car. Found family. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's see. Meanwhile, uh, I have to say the sequence in Chicago where they reveal that Chicago is is kind of like the dark, gritty 80s, 90s Mm. character Mm. city um, was absolutely my favorite part of this because (laughs) Jefferson Twilight is is driving them um, to I forget where the venture combat is it in like Nevada Colorado, I think. It's uh, Den- Denver, Denver. Denver, actually. yes. Um, so they stop over in Chicago at the old factory where Jefferson Twilight, like like Blade, used to reside, but reveals that it's basically like a it's like a co-op 
sort of. Yeah, where, it's, it's, like it's, it's, hostile. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like so a, it's like a we a, a very a very character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. there's, there's Jefferson Twilight, obviously, who's Blade. There's a Dark Man type character. Mm-hmm. There's um, uh, what's his name from the Fly? Uh, Brundle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Brundle yeah, Fly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seth. Brundle. Seth. Hey, Seth. <clears throat> and then oh I feel no, like, we got roaches. Yeah. <laughs> and then I feel like there's one other person that we see who I can't I can't recall. I feel like maybe we briefly see like a spawn type character too, or something along those lines. But yeah, it's 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 all them. Um, and I I love that sequence. And as we were talking about earlier, I I, I love when he fights uh, the new Jack vampires. Um, I, I which I love. I love when that gets acknowledged when um, I think his name is like Nuno blood. Uh, yeah. The leader mm-hmm. of, of the Blackulas says, um, you know, while, while you watch, I'm going to turn your friends into what you hate the most. And Jefferson twilight says something like, okay, but I don't think they could pull off that new Jack style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Yeah. Uh, and by that point, uh, we, we, we do get like some sequences of Hank, uh, talking apparently to himself again, you know, like his alter egos are all trying to, well, you, you'd mentioned that he, he then goes into like, uh, the, the, the town and <laughs> action man tells him, you got to go back to the beginning. <laughs> yes. Well, doesn't uh, he, al- doesn't he also, um, paraphrase like a dark man monologue or like voiceover i think hmm. when he's like describing his his travels i seem to recall um oh i i like his realization where he's kind of doing like the the bruce wayne thing and then he goes wait i'm rich yeah and, and, and just <laughs> yes. kind of like goes and like buys like a first class ticket on a train no, no, no. He he takes out a gigantic That's check. Gigantic. Yes. Unfolds like a gigantic check. Which I'm sure came from somewhere. I feel like that that might be from the very first episode. Because I feel like they might have gotten a giant check for some reason in the first episode. I can't recall. Oh, man. And I love the bit, though, where he, he had to justify to himself doing that, too. Because he was like, uh, Bruce Rain is rich. Uh, I forget who he says is rich. He's like James Bond is rich. Wait, is he rich? He or he, he definitely <laughs> enjoys nice things. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that's also where he gets. Yeah, he he realizes he has to go back to Denver to back to the old uh, compound. You know, mm-hmm. the old venture venture uh, brothers compound or venture company. I don't even know venture Vent, yeah. industries. That's what it was. Oh, okay. The giant check. Is apparently um, after JJ dies and Rusty takes over uh, the company, um, wh- one of his jobs is to pre- is to present giant checks to all the charities that JJ was uh, supporting, mm. and so he has a giant checkbook that he carries around <laughs> to deliver the checks, <laughs> which he has to write out by hand. So that's that's where it's from. So Hank, you, you Hank know, stole you know. the giant checkbook. You know what's the most annoying thing, though, right? It's not writing out the 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 giant check. It's then filling out the ledger, the giant ledger, correctly <laughs> too. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So so he he he's he's on his way to Denver to the compound, and that's where he meets up with with Dermot. Um, and, who has joined uh, OSI? Sort who of. has joined OSI? Sort of, yeah. 
<laughs> He's you can I could have shot you <laughs> with yeah. a super soaker. It's got pee in it, okay? <laughs> D- Dermot is is a great character. Yes. Now that they kind of worked the bugs out. He's not super funny at first, and it wasn't totally clear what they were going for, but he's basically so he's he's their half brother because I believe Dr. Venture is his father. But I I don't know if they know that. Um Dermot's Dermot's sister is actually his mother because Dr. Yeah. Venture slept with the president of his fan club when yeah. she was a teenager. And um, Dermot's grandmother basically raised him as if uh, she was his mother. And, and it, like, you know, ironically, he lived in a trailer, like, just on the outskirts of the compound. Yes. And he's kind of like, he he is, reminds me almost exactly of my cousin who was about five years older than me when I was growing up. And so he when, when he was a teenager... And I was, you know, 11 or 12. Uh, he would come stay with us for the summer and would kind of like babysit me all day. Um, and he very much did, you know, like Dermot stuff. He definitely owned <laughs> nunchucks uh, and was obsessed with like nunchucks, nunchucks and katanas. He definitely was a big fan of the American Ninja uh, mm-hmm. movies. Just all, hey, yeah. all weird older cut, like older was- male relative Shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, uh, Kurt, he was he was trying to study the blade. That's what, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, much like Dermot was. Uh, I do, I do think that Dermot. I, I always thought that he was he he always struck me as having like grown up be, uh, butthead vibes. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see that. Yeah, he's definitely kind of he's kind of supposed to be along those lines of like what. It, my high school self would have called a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is a scumbag. Yeah. yeah. But he's like yeah. he's one of those he's like he's like one of those people that like when you're a child you're like wow, they're really cool and then yes. when you're like like in your 20s you're like wait, they really suck. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't grown at all. They're, they're yeah. still basically 16 even though like they're now like in their 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, and so I forget what I so what happens between uh, Hank and, and Dermot? Dean is so oh so so Hank is looking for Bobby Saint Simone, who mm. he believes to be his mother, and um, Dermot uh, reveals that he had so Dermot has been going through the wreckage of the Venture Compound, um, and basically just st- stealing stuff so that he can mm-hmm. sell it to Ben slash Old Man Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that he has is a signed photograph from Bobby St. Simone to Dr. Venture um, mm. from from back in the day. And, and, and we, we get that oh, so good, that little montage of like- Follow that the, bikini. Follow that bikini. I which, love- Which is, that. yeah, which is like like a 60s beach comedy, which is, have you guys <laughs> ever watched one of those, any of those? They're so fucking strange. They're so weird. The uh, I've only ever watched uh, the MST3K version of the Catalina Caper. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen that. I uh, <laughs> Elvis did like one or two of them, I believe. Mm. There's definitely like an uh, isn't there like, like like an Elvis Beach movie? Hmm. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, sure. was um, what beach blanket beach blanket bingo? Uh, mm-hmm. What, uh, what well, else? There's Blue Hawaii, mm, but Beach Blanket okay. Bingo is is the one. That um, 
It's uh, with Annette uh, Funicello, right? Yes. Uh, and there's also one called Follow That Dream, which is hmm. an Elvis, which seems to be probably a reference, you know, pr- probably part of the reference to Follow That Bikini. Um, and so Bobby St. Simone is basically an invisible. She, she gets turned invisible in the movie. Um, and they find out after watching the trailer for it, which is which is great. Um, <laughs> so good. They they find out that she is now like a um, uh, God. Who the hell is that? Um, not Jane Fonda. Um, who does Jane? Like Jane Goodall? No, she does like like the crying animal commercials. She she oh, is kind of oh, Sarah like McLaughlin. Yes, she she's like a Sarah McLaughlin type character combined with Jane Goodall, combined with like a couple other um, people. Um, well, I also I also liked that uh, the the band that was playing in, <laughs> in in the Follow That Bikini has like a, a gorilla drummer. Yes, <laughs> yes. yeah. Who, which now, then, who now lives at the compound along who now with lives at- um, some of the penguins who have bombs on them from Batman Returns. <laughs> so, um, so I I also thought of immediately thought of you remember the the original Ghostbusters. Oh yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That because is, what a weird cartoon, man. That is Indeed. something we need to we should do an episode on because I I have thoughts on that. That's isn't weird. that based on a movie? Isn't there like a live action movie? Yeah, there, like there was the a, there was a live yeah. action. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So strange. I Very remember, exceedingly. I remember watching that with like um, Hong Kong Fooey. I feel like yeah. we would, would come on right around the same time. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. I think that one of the other animals that lives at the sanctuary is based on um uh god what's the name of that 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 character uh not not birdman but it was a guy that looked he was like a blue f- falcon type guy mm, yeah i forget his name Hawk yes something. He, he he had the robot dog right yes he had the oh, robot dog yeah, whose um, head extended yes the blue the blue falcon is that oh it's it is called the Blue Falcon. Okay. I and uh, so, Dino yeah. Mutt. That's it. Dino Mutt. Dino, Dino Mutt. Mutt. Yep. Yes. And they, and they also had a crossover with Scooby Doo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because the Blue Falcon was supposed to be like uh, a Hanna Barbera uh, Batman type of yes. character. It was cool. I did like that. He, he, was, he was pretty cool. Yeah. Because he, he, he had a bit more of that, that kind of like Art Deco style, almost like presaging the later Batman the animated series type stuff, but you mm. know, like by accident kind of. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I forget what happens to Hank if he like passes out or he gets hit in the head or something, something happens. I don't remember what exactly it is, but then he, that, th- that's when he winds up back in coma town, as I recall. <laughs> which, which uh, strangely, uh, looks very much like you remember, uh, when they, when Orpheus visits hell <laughs> and it's the, the, the frozen plane in the ninth circle. <laughs> Well, that's that's a direct reference to um, Jesus Christ. What is it? Uh, it's it's a reference to some film um, when because he says like one of them is something and one of them is tow headed or toe headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I forget what what movie it's a reference to, but it's it's a similar scene from a movie and and that that's also Comatown. I I still I still I still love that he's like he doesn't know it. He's not really even really a, a Roman legionnaire. He <laughs> just he just was just at a costume party. That's why he's in hell, you know. That's he's right. a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> just, I love that. 
And that, I mean, that's one of those moments where you're like, yeah, this this is great. <laughs> oh, oh, it's from um, uh, it, I I think it's a reference from uh, something wicked this way comes actually, oh. where he has the drawings on his hands also. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. I see what you mean. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, he, he's in coma town, and then like all of his alter egos are just having a blast there. Yes. Um. My my favorite is is definitely the Italian one, um, whose name I I forget, but it's really good. Uh, <laughs> astuto piccolino, hey. I also like um Russian Gaevich trying to convince like the creepy dolls <laughs> the creepy doll uh, collection. to become sex workers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Such such a weird it's like it's it's per just it's fifty percent. Yeah. <laughs> just um, think about it. Yeah, so I I think what's interesting to me about this whole all these sequences is I feel like one of the things that the show has really become about is losing the identity that you've kind of anchored yourself to mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, it, like Hank and Dean had always been Hank and Dean. And at a certain point, you know, D, you know, Dean goes to college and has to figure out like, what does it mean that I'm, you know, I'm in college. I'm not, I'm not, you know, part of two boy detectives, yep. you know, and we also have, you know, uh, White and Billy are, you know, both used to be something else. And now, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Billy Quizboy is now like in his 50s. You know, he's not a quiz boy anymore. And nobody's that impressed with a quiz man. Um, <laughs> sadly, sadly. Giant boy detective. No. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, like Dr. Venture can't is is his whole thing is that he used to be the you know the boy sidekick of his father who was actually like kind of like a huge piece of shit yeah um and yeah if if there is a true villain in the show it's definitely thaddeus venture absolutely (laughs) um but but yeah so like i i i feel like this whole sequence like the, the the whole driving plot is very much like what what do you become when you stop being the thing that you kind of defaulted to Mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. like what what happens if you can't arch Doctor Venture? What happens if you you know uh, what what happens if you're not that close with your brother anymore? What happens if you know you're not as rich as you used to be? It's it's and I feel like, especially as I am aging myself, it's it's something that has a lot of resonance with you know for me personally. Where it's like, mm-hmm. well, now I have to con- you know now I'm somebody's dad, and that's mm-hmm. weird. You know, mm-hmm. and like to most people that now defines who I am, like most people that I meet from day to day. And it's like, well, I can't just be like a weird, you, you know, aimless, drug loving piece of shit, 27 year old anymore. I have to be an aimless, drug loving 39 year old who still gets up on time and gets his daughters to school. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and I really appreciate that because so much media now is about becoming something and then the story ends you know Mm. you become something you are even if they're subvert like even subverting like you know the hero's journey it's still usually well you've become something and now you are that thing but in life 
you, you know, you can't remain the thing that you are. You are you are going to well, if you're lucky, you're going to get old and eventually you will pass through different versions of yourselves, much like Hank is passing, you know, is is kind of like trying to deal with all of these different guises that he's adopted to avoid being Hank. Um, and he has to, you know, conceive of like, who is Hank now? Dean is like, who is, you know, who is Dean now? It's, I don't know. It's, it's very touching to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's, it's, it's also um, interested in the, that process. Yeah. Uh, much like what you're saying is that, you know, like in general, you know, like it, it's, it's even, even if it's not, expressly about oh you you're on the threshold of becoming that thing yay you made one decision and that's yes. the first step <laughs> the end okay great you end on an up note and here they're they're willing to show how sometimes you do you try to do that and you end up eating shit mm -hmm. and it sucks and part of like growing up is like not really knowing what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. um, and unlike fictional characters, we don't get the luxury of the fade to black. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when, well, uh, if, if you're, if you're not brave enough to, to just <laughs> have ether on your person at any moment. That's right. right that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's much more, it's much more like, uh, you know, the, the ending credits of, uh, the incredible Hawk TV show, you know, every, every moment of our lives ends with us hitchhiking off into the distance while sad music plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just find it really fascinating. It's, it's, it's just interesting and, and, and I never get tired of watching the show. Mm -hmm. Um, in part because they're willing to take these risks that a lot of other shows mm -hmm. would not. Uh, and granted, I mean, like, like we, I, I was holding into my back pocket a joke about like, well, you know, like, uh, you'd you'd mention that they hadn't grown up in real time. He's like, well, I sure did. <laughs> <'Cause> mm. <laughs> True. <laughs> Between yeah. seasons three and four, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that that struck me too. Um, watching this movie, where I was like, "Holy shit!" I've been watching this show for twenty years. <laughs> I was like, I was still in college when I was watching when this first started watching this movie, and, I was, and then and, and then I go, "It's been twenty years since I was in college." <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like three, as you were saying, it's three lifetimes ago. Like yeah. it, you know, and and it, but it's been through there, you know, th with it. <laughs> yeah, I had the realization I. I'm always joking about whole how old my truck is because it is a 20 year old Chuck. And then I was like, wait, but this was made in 2003. I was in college in 2003. <laughs> wait, am I old? <laughs> no, I can, can I just complain for a second um, about uh, I I'm really tired of the like the genre of posts. It's like you feel old now. It's like, yes, yes, I do. I always feel old, but I also don't. It's, what the fuck are you going to do about it? You can't. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything about it. Stop posting about it. Just be old. You have to stop commenting <laughs> on being old and start just being old. Only then can you deal with it. Yep. I don't care if if you, you know, if if you remember these things, you had a good childhood and it's like one of those like uh, like uh the weird little like 45 LP adapters for a record player mm -hmm. and a lawn dart. It's always those two things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you think you think that you 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 conquered age? I was born into it, yeah. molded <laughs> by it, Sonny. Just now, now I, I'm thinking of old Bane. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah. Uh, oh, and and we we so we we sort of left it in the lurch, but uh, let's let's go back to the. <laughs> Every once in a while, they, they flash back to what's happening in the Ventec building as just like rising up into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, 21 and the Monarch realize that they've been duped, essentially, um, and they are trapped in the building um, along with Dr. Venture and Sergeant Hatred. And I, I don't think anybody uh, is the pirate. Th- I think the pirate might be there with them, too. Um, the pirate no. captain, I think. No, no, no. He's not. no he, he, I think he he makes an appearance early on, and then doesn't uh, doesn't come back. Okay, okay. Um, I love that they never. I, I don't think they ever gave him a name. His name is just the pirate captain. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in like he he shows up in like the second episode, I think, uh, like 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 the third or fourth episode of the first yeah, season. It, the, Ghost of the one Sargasso. of the most yeah yeah what one of the most Scooby Doo ass uh, episodes yeah. there are. Which yeah. that that I I say that with love because honestly it is great. Mm-hmm. Scooby Doo <laughs> is not a bad show. I have no to say. no no it's pretty entertaining. And, and, and they they actually uh, made good. You remember that the Scooby Doo show would have like uh in the opening credits would have like flashes of like different monsters and the one glowing, of them was um diving the glowing suit. diving suit yes that was that was uh except that here it was like basically a, an astronaut it was major tom yeah it was major tom uh when 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 they introduce uh the action man. <laughs> <laughs> action man who is actually uh historically appropriate captain america He's just hopped well, up on meth all the time. He he is also, I believe, the action man, which is I think he's I think that's a British I wanna say like kinda superheroish um hmm. character. Wasn't it their version of G.I. Joe? Yes. Yes. I yes, th- that is correct. That is how he started, but then like I think in the seven in the, so he was introduced in the sixties as basically um as a licensed uh, British up, I, I guess version of GI Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. as uh, as time progressed, he sort of shifted into being more of like a superhero, um, I believe type uh, type type character. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, so they are. They figure out that it's the helper bot things. Oh, helper is with them in the building also. Um, although he oh, yes, really yes. only gets like one one very funny gag, uh, and they are instructed that they have to they have to shoot or otherwise destroy uh, the helper Alexis, but do mm-hmm. so very slowly so that the building doesn't just fall from the sky and will like gradually <laughs> drift down. Um, I like that. Um, I didn't catch this the first time, but the reason that that they say shooting them seems to work uh, is because um, Christ, what's his name? Uh, The the Alan Quartermain type type character. Oh Oh, yeah, uh, Colonel Colonel Gentleman. Colonel Gentleman. Colonel Gentleman. He 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 talks very much like. uh, (laughs) I I, I love so it's like 
it's all this stuff that they grew up on, but also stuff that is just general pop culture that they probably didn't grow up on. But like stuff like, like you said, Alan Quartermain or like the Victorian era of like those style of, although it's also, they're probably also referencing him from like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So yes, but yes. he's also William S. Burroughs. Remember? It's true. True. Um, yeah. Because mm. there's the whole thing with, with him. Well, he's like, living in Morocco, right? Living with, with like a twink. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so so he now lives with uh billy's um mom uh who used to be uh, action man's wife i I forget what her name was she's kind of like a statue of liberty like america she was like like i i she was like a kind of like an american themed like showgirl themed character mm. in like like the 40s or 50s it seems like um but yes yeah, so, so it, the reason that they say shooting them seems to work is because uh colonel gentleman um sh- uh sh- shoots it because he complains that they're they're playing their music too loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um i love the sequence where they lock and load helper is very excited with his shotgun uh, to go and shoot them, the what, what he believes to be the the replacements for him, um, <laughs> and as soon as they go into the room where they're all floating, there so it good. starts like crushing their skulls, their eyes and ears start bleeding. Well, because uh, they're, they're all Hatred, admitting- like shits himself or like blood comes yeah. out of his ass. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, because they're they're walking into a gigantic electromagnetic field. Uh, that is that is you know obviously uh, you know presenting some sort of force downward right <laughs> against the gravity of the earth. True, yes, so, true, yes. But but then they also get like sucked up into the into the rafters. Like it's just it's a shit show, man. Yes, literally, mm. quite as well literally, as figuratively. Yes, yes. yes. Um, let's see. Meanwhile, Doctor misses the monarch has been investigating. Well. I, I say has been investigating, but really just goes directly to um, Mantilla's like shitty apartment where she has like one of those um, <laughs> always sunny in Philadelphia, like a paranoia Yarn. Well, uh, or the wire, the wire, but yeah, with, with a bunch of string attached to it yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Um, so she figures she and Daisy, who is red deaths, um, Tele- telepathically steed. linked steed yeah um uh deduce eventually that a arch is fake originally dr mrs the monarch thinks it's because she was obsessed with the monarch but she was actually obsessed with her uh mm-hmm. and wanted to team up with with her um and it gradually comes to light that uh she is the daughter of Bobby St. Simone, who is not the Ventures mom, um, but was actually an OSI operative who infiltrated the Guild of Calamitous Intent. Um, and but then fell and in then love went, with Force yeah, Majeure. Yeah, it went double agent. <laughs> yes. And so Debbie St. Simone is the daughter of Force Majeure. The, the the sovereign before before David Bowie mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh Bobby Saint Simone um and we find out that she paid I I think 
that they paid Dr. Venture to transfer her mom's invisibility powers to her. And she makes a, a, a vague reference to, I gave him something I wasn't planning on using, um, which we later find out seems to be like her uterus and mm, yeah. um, mm. a- appears to be. People online are saying that they think it, 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 it was her eggs too, which which could well be. Um, but but uh, we'll get to the question of, of who the mom is, <laughs> I guess, later. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else happens next. I'm hmm. trying to remember. Well, Dean Dean catches up with Hank. Um, they're a, they're able to bring Hank out of Coma Town uh, by by visiting him in uh, the giant Zardoz head. Although it's not sh- is it is it shaped like Jefferson Twilight's head? I it is. Yes, j- it yeah, is indeed because yes. he speaks out of it. Yeah, that's right. But I but, love uh, that he says, "Why are you dressed like Borat?" <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, no, he said he said from Zardoz, cult classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, yeah, they 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 managed to get hang. Oh, and Dean shows up there for for a brief for a hot minute because he touches Hank. Yes, uh, while while uh, Orpheus is trying, you know, communing with him. And uh, he falls out of the Zed head or whatever, and uh, basically all of the other alter egos just decide to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you stole my, you stole the Hanks a woman. Yeah, uh, I like, I liked Jefferson Twilight um, yelling at Dean because he's like, you know, you know who else takes from other people and doesn't care about it? Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, so so then we Yeah, the 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 Ventec building eventually they they regroup and they decide that uh Oh, uh that that's the thing. When when the scene with uh uh Debbie and uh Dr. Mrs. the Monarch uh concludes, she's like, "Oh, that's right. You just reminded me." And she just uses her app to turn off all the <laughs> all the all the helper uh alexas yeah and so that they they're like oh oh you're floating we're in space he's like no we're not yeah. we're in free fall <laughs> um yeah so so they're in free fall they have this big discussion about like well we have to save um you know we we, we can't just fall straight down we have to save um you know that th- this would this would kill you know millions Manhattan. of people <laughs> um if a skyscraper falls directly down uh into a populated area um and they wind up using i forget the name but it is the um it's it's voltron yes we, we could say it mm-hmm. yeah it's fine <laughs> uh I, but but like i forget the name of it there's like a particular it's it's like it's like it's like venturian it's Ven- I think five it, or something yeah it's venturian five or something like that yeah yeah uh except that he he's voltron except that he has instead of a one of the arms is weirdly like uh <laughs> it's like a clown one of those, head a, slash like like ice cream cone it's yeah it's like actually, a clown head ice cream cone it's yeah. shaped it's it's shaped both like with one of those like weird clown heads that you squeeze and the eyes pop out and it's also mm-hmm. shaped like um that that weird clown cone dessert that they had at Friendlies, yes, the name of which yeah, escapes yeah. me. Um, which I believe that that they make the monarch fly 
that one, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they they are trying to use it to slow the descent of the building. Um, Colonel Gathers has been saying that you know when it when it enters uh, you know U.S. airspace, they're going to destroy it. Uh, but then when when he sees them trying to save the day, he rushes in and they and they both save the day and they wind up landing the right Ventec back, right skyscraper back, back, <laughs> right in, the back in Denver. Compound. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I think like while they're celebrating or like I, I think they I think the monarch crashes in his like clown vehicle and the big statue of uh <laughs> Thaddeus he bounces off, yeah, he bounces off the Thaddeus Venture statue, like yes. the big bronze statue out front. And as he's like he's ejected out, he's like, Oh god, what happened? The venture <laughs> he, he's pointing off into the future. So he, he just basically falls and his finger just impales falls. the monarch through his through his gut. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and I think it's at this time that we find out the actual relationship between Dr. Venture and the monarch, which I had, it had not occurred to me. And I thought yeah. it was fucking genius, um, which is basically that. So I, I don't think they've ever revealed before that there were rusty clones too, because of course there were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so both Dr. Venture and the monarch are rusty venture clones yep. except the monarch has two percent baboon dna because thaddeus <laughs> venture was was trying to cure uh the male pattern bard baldness that was that all the other clones had a tendency to but wound up making him like taller and more aggressive basically mm-hmm. so they are both rusty venture effectively and that's why i think he's able to get like a kidney transplant i think because they're the same mm-hmm. person Basically, which yes. uh, Ben, um, uh, old man Potter, uh, is able to to perform. I love that that he's like that's not even my name. My name is Ben <laughs> because <laughs> it seems like Hank and Dean just started calling him old man Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So we th- it, it it seems to be revealed briefly that Debbie Saint Simone is. Um, the uh is the boy's mother but incidentally um this is actually a nice callback where um in a previous episode dean claimed that he was uh technically the the heir to the guild of calamitous intent but Mm -hmm. i i think wasn't actually it was just how he passed on power to I think the Council of Thirteen, I believe, um, but it turns out that that may actually kind of be true because since Debbie is actually the heir to the Guild of Calamitous Intent because she is the daughter of uh, Force Majeure, and then I love the final, the final revelation of you know who the Venture Brothers' mom is. Yes. It, and it's a post credit scene, which, uh, th- you know, they've been doing long before the Marvel ever came around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, also, a call, uh, it seemed to be a call t- uh, to, uh, shit, Death Stranding. Oh, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because it, it basically turns out that 
Dr. Venture gave birth to them. He carried them to term in a kind of like wearable womb pod, <laughs> essentially, which mm-hmm. I thought was very touching because it it like it was always assumed that they were kind of like an accident, right? Mm-hmm. Because Dr. Venture, he cares about them, but he always, he's kind of like aloof and absent. Um, and I thought it was very touching that it turns out that like, no, he actually, like he wanted to have kids and he actually like went to some effort to have children of his own. And mm-hmm. he seemed to, I, I mean, my, my interpretation of it was that he did it out of a genuine desire to be a better father than his father was. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, what, when, quite get when, there, but before it's revealed, he's, he's actually doing a blueprint for like a little giraffe slide or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. You know, like a, a very, you know, like baby centric. Yeah. Of yeah I, I didn't catch it. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, like he, he, this was intentional, right? He, he had intentionality. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it, it wasn't like a mistake where, you know, we, we have been sort of been led to believe for, you know, going on what now, what, seven, eight seasons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that he yeah, had 20 years <laughs> that, that, you know, Hank and Dean were just like, well, you know, a mistake. Yeah, and and there there was this whole thing about like, well, nobody's like nobody wanted them. Like, why didn't their mom want them? Why why wasn't their mom around? Why doesn't their dad seem to want them? And it's like, well, their mom is kind of also their their dad is kind of also their mom. Yeah, and did want them. Then you know he's kind of a shithead. But you know, unlike you know the the iron the ultimate irony is that you know the person that everybody looks up to, Thaddeus Venture, was a really shitty father. Didn't. Didn't give two shits about I mean, he, his, his he, kid. He was he was also a shitty person. Period. Yeah, he was, he was a shitty person. Uh, just just like a piece of shit. And Doctor Venture is like kind of pathetic, but he's trying to be a better person. You know, mm-hmm. despite himself. But, but, but he's I, also I, sort of like bound by like his own his own his own father's raising of him, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Like he, so, so even though he's trying, like that's that's sort of like the thing he's that's trapped. This sort yeah. of. Yeah, it's sort of touching to see this because then you go like, oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I need to correct myself. Uh, the, the bad venture is Jonas Venture Sr. Th- yes. Thad- Thaddeus, Thaddeus is Rusty. Oh, venture. thank you. Yes, thank yes. you. Yes. That was, okay. the, that, was, that was my bad. I said that earlier. Is, is Thaddeus also um, J- Jonas's dad? Because I believe that, that their, their grandfather... I believe that the Venture Brothers' great grandfather was also a super scientist. He was kind of like a, um, uh, what the fuck is his name? Well, um, wasn't wasn't that the the orb? Yes, yes. that's that episode. Yeah, yeah. He was a, and was, I I want to say he might have been a villain or something who like mm. switched sides or something. It's it's very it's very confusing. Um, but suffice <laughs> to say, it's it was cool. Um, mm-hmm. good good backstory. But yeah, he's kind of like a I, I not. Not Tom Swift, but one of those like super science uh, like, mm, yeah. adventure characters. Something his name might have even been something strange. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but su- suffice to say, their whole family is very fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very much so. Yes. All right. Um, so, like, we kind of wind up with, uh, you know, they all kind of know that they know who they are, but not what they're going to do. You know, apart from like their they're back home, essentially. You know, they have each other. Um, 
And I don't know, it's I I thought it was a very touching and good conclusion that I'm curious about your theory, Chris, because I, 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 I to, to me, this felt like an end of series thing. But I also mentioned there's at least two other things that felt like end of series. And so I fully believe that it could come back. But I'm curious to hear your take, Chris. Chris, I guess we don't get to know. We'll never we'll never know. It seems it seems on par with the rest of the oh, show. Oh, he said right? he, he said BRB like ten seconds before <laughs> I threw to him. So, well, uh, a little bit of behind the scenes. Uh, uh, you get the <laughs> you get to hear the magic. <laughs> um, one thing that I'll, I'll say while Chris is away, one thing that I I wish had made another appearance is the Rosala song, um, Everybody's Free to Feel Good. Uh, I think technically it's Rosala and Aquagen, specifically is the re- the remix that they use, uh, which mm. is the opening to season two, the, the, where, yeah, where yeah. they're kind of like, they're seeking out, uh, or Brock, Br- Brock is, is hunting down Rusty. Dr. Venture, yes, uh, around the world. And he goes, this is Sky, we're going to have a chart. <laughs> 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 which i always thought was interestingly ambiguous because is she pregnant i don't know yeah is yeah. Is, is he saying that she's pregnant or that they just want to have a child <laughs> yeah um, i don't know chris uh, are you back now because i tried to ask you what your take was on whether the series will continue and it was immediately after you had left <laughs> so we both sat there for 10 seconds waiting for you to respond <laughs> My, my bad. <laughs> no, it was very funny to me. Um, uh, so it's interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's there's actually a um, – I, I got the Blu-ray, which is now apparently kind of hard to find. So I hope they, they're they going to do a reprinting. I, my guess is they underestimated the demand. Um, but there's a special feature with John Hodgman talking to the two creators – and they he they kind of he kind of brings it up that it's not you know it's not a a you know a closed door so much as just kind of like you know a, a very much like a you know it's a good it could be a good ending but it's there's also more room there um and they kind of didn't disagree and they kind of i don't know it just sounds like if they're like if anybody's willing to, to pay for it they'll they'll yeah. they'd be willing to do it yeah i i i have to wonder like what the production process and cost and everything is it's 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 remarkable it is shocking that this show managed to stay around for this long Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. like honestly i can't even be put off by the fact that it got canceled oh no yeah i mean i i i I cannot possibly complain about that like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the fact that it, it got this far and then was also but then was given the chance to do a movie like this rather than just have their season right? canceled. I, I think is just, I feel very lucky that that happened. Me too. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, they, they, they got a great uh, way to, uh, a great way to sort of put a cap on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like you said, if things, if fortune smiles upon them later, well, they have an they have an out to come back if they yep. want to absolutely uh, and you know what's what's heartening to me this is i've said this before but i'll say it again you know there was a period in my life where i i felt very lonely and what actually li- like literally helped 
was I watched the Venture Brothers with the commentary tracks because the energy is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's basically you know Doc Hammer and um, uh, Jackson Public. Jackson Public. Thank you. Just kind of like hanging out, talking, and sometimes like other members of the voice cast will join them, or other people will will, will, will kind of pop in. The commentary tracks are really funny. They they do talk a bit about what's on screen, but they're more kind of just like talking and telling stories and joking mm-hmm. about stuff that mm-hmm. they like. And I'm excited that I've only I think I've only listened to like the first two seasons worth of commentary tracks, and mm. I very much want to go and rewatch everything, and listen to all of them. Are are, yeah. are there commentary tracks for uh for this, Chris? On there the are two. Oh. Uh, one is a a scene specific, you know, like where they kind of just do a standard one, but then another one was where they're answering fan questions. Neat. Yes. So I'm mm. really looking forward to checking those out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look up that uh, blue whenever the Blu-ray becomes available again. Uh, but yeah, that sounds great. All right. Um, I suppose that uh, by, by now we have surpassed the the length of the movie itself. Just a little bit. A yeah. Bit. yeah, just a, a little just bit. A tiny. That's fine. Just a tiny bit. It's fine. We covered well, a lot we, of ground. Much, I think, much yeah, like the Ventec building. <laughs> <laughs> from the from the east coast to flyover country. <laughs> and it flew over it too. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um so any anything else, any last thoughts, or is that was that where we where we were already? Go team venture. Yeah, go team venture. To to me, this is the definitional like actual adult cartoon mm-hmm. in the sense of mm-hmm. it isn't just you because like a lot of adult cartoons are really just cartoons that have like adult jokes in them. Mm-hmm. Um and swears. And swears yeah. and stuff. And 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 they kind of say they kind of say something, but they also often are just doing like a, a more adult version of, you know, kids stuff where it's like, you know, try, be yourself, believe in yourself, you know, mm. and, and that's all, you know, I like being told that too. But also at a same, at a certain point, I appreciate a show that deals with like getting old and kind of like becoming corny and trying to figure yourself out and having kids and parents. It's like, it's, it's just a very, it's a mature show, but not not in the way of, you know, like Andor, you know, it's not that mm-hmm. kind of mature. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, a very goofy premise that stays very funny, but they're kind of having thoughts, you know, about other stuff too. And I just appreciate it. And I appreciate that it's grown up with me. Um, and I appreciate that we got as much of it as we did. And I hope that whatever they do next, uh, I hope it's cool. And I'm sure that it will be. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go listen to some Fetus, uh, which is Doc <laughs> Hammer's uh, electronic project, of which I, I was aware of for a long time before I realized that it was him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, was, it, was it good? Um, If you like industrial, yes. Mm. Which, so I not, do, which I not do. Not for me. Not for me, probably. <laughs> but you know what is good? Um, If you can seek out that... Uh, the um jg thurlwell yes he he did uh he does all the music and um at one point they did put out an album of some of his uh score and it's really good oh nice i i used to have it chris Mm, no no it was good yeah it it was it was very much it felt very much like in the vein of um shit what is the guy in uh for disney um I want to say uh, Sanjia something something. The guy who oh. did the incredible soundtrack. 
Oh, G- yeah, Michael Giacchino. G- uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and the incredible soundtrack is very much like this sounds more brassy, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's it's that same sort of vibe, right? It's yeah, like it's mid century like 60s super spy music, like yeah, super yeah. spy. Yep, exactly oh, right. I'm sorry, I fucked up slightly. JG Thurlwell is the is is the guy from Fetus. Doc Hammer was in um, a uh, a bunch of uh, uh, gothic bands such as Morse Syphilitica. Okay. (laughs) I wonder what they play. Um, Anyway, uh, I think that's that for now. Uh, We we may come back to uh, the Venture Compound at some point in the future, Mm. folks. So just FYI, I don't know how soon we'll have to we'll have to plan. (laughs) But uh, in any case, gents, this is a blast. Honestly, it. it, uh, it felt like sitting down and watching old friends. <laughs> so, uh, everyone out there, thanks for listening in. We'll catch you next time here on Podside. Mm-hmm.